How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Everything good, loud and clear. Ooh, we ready. We're on. We're on right now. So, you know, how we doing, Kakoti? We like to warm up the crowd a bit and get the people on. And uh, that's what we do. We wait for a few folks to come on. Because as you know, this is being streamed live on Facebook. Um, so you can go ahead and you can share the link if you'd like to. You could let everybody know that on Kakoti. Hey, I can sing now. Yeah, man, you can do a little thing. You can do a little thing. Let me just share the post. <laughs> I can do a little thing. What do you consider a little thing? Looting. <laughs> do I consider looting? A, a little thing, a little thing. A oh, little a little thing, thing a little thing. Oh my little God, thing, man. You're not talking about looting. You can hit keys. We jump in ahead. We jump in ahead. We're not talking I want to say good afternoon to all of the listeners, all the viewers, those of you who will be logging in later on on iTunes as well as on my page, which is JL Joseph forward slash P-L-O-G, a.k.a. also known as Plug, right? Today we have an exciting show for you. Um, it took a lot for us to get to this point, but we're here and we did it. And I see you drinking something. What are you drinking? Kakotina. Ooh, look at the mug. Let me see the mug. Let me see the mug. <laughs> break. It's break time. Break, break time. Hmm. Break well, time. well, well, no break time for you because we're gonna be on on hot time right about now, right? <sighs> I mean, my break. I just wake up, you know. I know you look like you just wake up. You look fresh, 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 fresh to death. Yeah, you you what? You, you slapping your I face up to get along. You want to come <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So for those of you who are just logging in right about now, um, we are going to be going on with Daniel Fidel. He's, he's on already with, with us. And um, I'm going to, I like to give a little history as to how I know my guests just before I start off. Mm. Um, I have never actually met Daniel Fidel. Yeah, but we've been Facebook friends uh, for a very, very long time. I think probably ever since I got my Facebook page, you've been that my long. Facebook friend. Yes. That long, um, yeah. I think it was just something that it connected. Facebook connected us with people who were friends of friends of friends of friends. And right. Daniel, who um, is a fellow um, Dominican um, slash Canadian, just like myself, mm. um, he he just happened to be my Facebook friend. And then I met his mom. I always knew of his mom, but mm. I met his mom. I, I mean, how many you. girls you have in your life? Right. Eh? I meet your mom before they meet you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, I'm feeling myself. You right? said my mother messaged you before this. <laughs> Listen, I'm feeling goes. myself. Um, your mother messaged me, you know? Your mother, <laughs> your mother messaged me and she tell me, um, I wonder if you'll be able to wake up early. <laughs> to do this. Monty, come on. I have a story for you about that. <laughs> oh my God. This is hilarious. And we actually, I met his mom. I know your sister and mm -hmm. I know your dad. I know your entire yeah. family with the yeah. exception of you. And um, You know my other two brothers? I know one of them. I've met one of them, but I have met the other. Okay. And it just so happened that um, I, my sister, again, who, who has been 
one of my biggest supporters, one of my biggest fans. Um, she runs Carrie Scholar, which you are part of, um, Danielle. And right. and uh, she sent out, you know, a little broadcast saying if anybody was interested. And Danielle was one of the folks that um, that actually connected. And I, I went through his profile and stuff. And you know me, I stush. So I like to get, you know, <laughs> certain people on the show. Uh, so if you... If, let me just put it out there. If you ever get to come on my show, it's 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 a privilege, right? <laughs> look, at, look at that. Uh, look at that. It's a privilege. So this is how I kind of sort of know Daniel. Daniel is a Canadian foreign teacher and a program coordinator at Ichion or in each or Incheon. Incheon. Yes, that's in South Korea. And he was raised in Dominica, and then he returned to Canada to study sociology at the University of Ottawa and project management at Humber College in Toronto. In 2014, driven by the urge to travel and see what the other side of the world looked like, he began to work as a foreign teacher in Korea. Uh, since then, he has traveled to nearly 20 countries across Asia, Europe, North America, and has taught near 2,000 students from South Korea, China, Japan, Russia, Cambodia, and Canada. He is now responsible for the curriculum design, creation, and implementation, which catered to students from the kindergarten up to university level. And in 2017, that's just March of 2017, he was awarded best teacher in recognition for his work and contributions to Loy Edu and education in Korea. I want to welcome my fellow Dominican Canadian, give a round of applause for Daniel Fadal. Paksu in Korea, Paksu in Korea, I clap for myself all the time. <laughs> welcome to Kakoti. Thank you, thank you, it's a pleasure to be here, of course. Thank you Hi. for that pleasurable introduction. I know where you go, but that's a good introduction, I must say. Hey, Thank you very much. I did my research, eh? Mm. And, and, and you know what yeah. I like about, like, really checking out people? You can get information without having to create it. So, yeah. I mean, why not just steal his own introduction? <laughs> you know? I you mean... can see that again, and you can relive it by logging on to my blog, danielfadel.com. Got the OSHA. The about just, section. You just throw that in there. <laughs> plug. Plug. Plugs. Plug. Yes, um, I'm so glad to have you here on my show. And I, and I always start off this show because I always want to know my guests because you can have all these fancy trinkets and bells and whistles in your introductions and in your right. who you are. But I want to know from your perspective, who is Daniel? Who is Daniel? Um, Daniel is your everyday person, right? trying to figure out life, um, walking many types of journeys. Uh, I came from, well, I was born in Canada, right? You said that. Grew up in Dominica, and then, like, Dominica is, like, I did music. I was just, I was into swimming. Uh, I used to swim for Dominica national team, right, before I started getting into music. Uh, we would go to St. Lucia all the time and compete, right? like, the whole team. That was a good time era. Um Always made music about Dominica, went back to Canada, started studying, always like got involved with the West Indian communities there. By the time I was in university, we always had like the Caribbean parties and get togethers. Um, always involved in like new topics of discussion. That's why I like sociology. It actually took me five years to do my bachelor's degree, usually four degrees, right? It took me five. 
because I started in psychology, then I switched to political science, then I went to conflict studies and human rights, and then I landed on sociology and criminology, right? Because wow. that's just so going back and forth between the programs, like it Are took you trying me to tell me you were a confused child? A little bit confused. I just <laughs> I like I like everything. I like everything. So you know, they say like jack of all trades, master of none, sort of. I was just like a jack of all trades, you know, still trying to master everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so most people, like when they go into university, well, not most people, I'll say some people, right? They go into university and they know exactly what they wanted to do and then they finish it, right? And then they move on to their master's and their PhD, like the straight up, the streamline, right? But I was interested in all of these different topics, right? And then it wasn't until I landed on sociology, that's where I was like, oh, I took mostly these courses. This is what I like, mm-hmm. right? Because I went from mostly being creative and involved and active into like academic study, right? And it wasn't that like I didn't like it, like I was always reading, I like reading books and stuff, but I didn't have a very tight idea of what I wanted to get my degree in, what I wanted to like complete my studies in. So it just happened to be sociology, mm-hmm. right? And who is Daniel? I don't know, like Daniel is a number of different things, right? Daniel is whoever you need him to be. Um, my father <laughs> is a very creative person. My mother's a creative person, but both of them are very like solid people in terms of like business and like being present in society and like contributing and doing these sort of things. If you know my mother, you know that's how she is. My father, he works in the government, been like in public service nearly his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel a lot, so it's like I get to meet a lot of these different people who have various types of interests like myself. Mm-hmm. And then especially so in teaching. So I think that's why what pulled me to teaching because I get to not just teach, but like I have to learn so many different things to be able to teach it. So every day I'm learning something new to be able to teach it. Right. It's not just. No, uh, go back, pull back, pull back a bit. You said that uh, you spoke a little bit about, or you touched a little bit about you getting into university and, Mm. and not being sure of what, you wanted to do and trying out a few different things. Do you think a lot of you sort of picking and choosing and nipping and and saying, okay, probably I don't want to do this had, um, had a different, um, effect on you in the sense of I'm going to compare you to a regular Caribbean student who has to leave home and go and study because they Mm. want to send him to study. So, um, psychology, which is what you started off in, right? Right. So their mother sent them to send study psychology, and you know mm-hmm. after four years the money got run out, right? Would you say, in to an extent, that you had a little bit more of a privilege because you were Canadian, that you yeah. could dip and pick and choose at different things, and then finally settle on what you did? Definitely, of course, I was very privileged and fortunate to have that opportunity. Like I was born in Canada, so I had access to like Canadian student loans and stuff. So that fell on my pocket rather than on my mother's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. So compared to like a Cari- uh, your average Caribbean student who doesn't have citizenship in another country, <clears throat> they have to go and just excel in that. That's what they got the scholarship to do. That's what their parents send them to do. You have to get it done. And so yeah, I was a bit more privileged in that sense, you know, and so I can't, I can't deny that. Um, but the difference, I think, was um, I didn't do state college in Dominica. I okay. didn't have state college. It was like I finished St. Mary's Academy. That is a.k.a. That, what we call A-levels. 
I didn't do A levels. Yes. yes. So you did O levels, which is CSEC. Yeah, CXC, right? Yes. That's what they call. That was they what call it was CSEC. called. They change it now. So it's Caribbean <laughs> Examination Council, but for secondary schools. Okay. So it's called CSAC, yes. All right, so that's what I did, right? And then I didn't do state college for maybe one month, and I, I got in for sociology, funny enough. But then after that, I left and I went back to Canada, and I had to do a year of high school again. Because mm -hmm. in fifth form in the Caribbean is like grade 11 in Canada, right? Yeah, so, they pull you back. No, not pull me back. In Canada, you finish high school at grade 12. Mm -hmm. So I basically just did that extra year and then got the credits from that and then went to university. Right. Okay. And then so uh, that was basically me, a new introduction to like studying. That's when I really started to enjoy studying. Right. That extra year of high school in Canada, because I got to actually pick and choose my subjects there. In SMA, it was okay. just like, you're going to do science, study all the science. That is the thing. Yo, I, I probably could share the same sentiments as you, because um, I was told that I had to do sciences. Uh -huh. and um, I am not a science student. Mm. <laughs> I am so not a science student. Yeah. I never liked math. Mm. And to do any and mostly all science students, you need to have a level of, of love for math as yeah. well as a level of understanding for math. I just, I only concern about is can I count my money? That's and that was about it. Basically, right? Like, and the math was like physics, if you have no chemistry. My weak point was chemistry. That's my Achilles heel. I couldn't get past the mole, whatever the mole is. Like, whoever your chemistry is, what is a mole? I have no idea. Right? <laughs> well, for three years, I couldn't figure it out. I had private tutors. I went to after classes, everything. I couldn't figure out the mole. <laughs> so that is my extent, right, of sciences. And so, but I wanted to do business. But, you know, in the Caribbean, it's like, well, the the... The impression at the time, I think, if that's the correct way to put it, was all the smart students had to do the science subjects, right? All of those who are going to excel, right? You had to do the science subjects. But I wanted to do the business, right? They're like, no, 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 do the science. That's where all the really bright people are. Go do science. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is I'm so a physician true. now. That I'm is going so to true. learn about the black hole and how to launch sound of this propeller and this. And I don't know. <laughs> it was a good time, though. I enjoyed it. But in Canada, it's like when I got to pick and choose my subjects, I was yeah. like, I, I got lit up by international business, by geography, and not geography as in this is the equinox and this, but like like the geography of like people and countries, like what is the population here? What is this type of political So you got a second chance. I got a second chance, you know, like a, set, a second set. But the, the point I was initially trying to make is that I had like one year of that extra high school and then straight into university. And I think when people were in who do the state college, they have like two years to like grow up a little bit more and then like it sticks in their mind like what they want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe they might even take an extra year after finishing state college work and I then work go. Yes. So in like in Europe, they have the gap year, mm -hmm. right? That's a gap year is they finish high school and then they take a year off to do whatever it is, to travel, to work, mostly travel, and then, you know, to figure out what they want to commit the next four, five years to, right? Whereas me, I just went, whew, dived in. And so that was the cause of all that back and forth trying to figure it out. Okay. Now, how was life growing up in a very creative family? I mean, I as I said before, I know your mother, mm -hmm. and she can turn a leaf into a flower 
<laughs> she can turn uh, she can turn uh, a tree into I don't know. She's just a really create very very creative woman. What was life being like? Stuck. Well, it, it was messy. It was messy because you know artists their their brains are all over the place, right? <laughs> so like whenever my mother doing her stuff, if she had to bring it home, you're seeing flowers there, you're seeing cough there, chairs there, like all sorts of pieces. You see all the pieces spread out until it comes together. So it comes tends to be very messy until the project is complete, right? And that was like when she would be decorating events, weddings and stuff. And that's like anything, you know, it always starts with all the like puzzle pieces just spread out, right? And then you get that piece, you put that there, oh, that goes well together, right? And that was the, that's a general idea. And then the big, the big thing for me was music. And my father, for me, my father is the one who pushed me into music. Okay. Right. So before I actually did the music, like I started drawing, I like to draw right? Sketching and drawing. That was my big thing at first. And then my father pushed me into music. And I was very reluctant at first. I'm like, I don't want to go to piano lessons. What are you going to piano lessons to do? I know when I'm being a classical musician, that was my thinking. And he was like, you don't have to go just to be a musician or to be in a band or Is that whatever. how he said it to you in that That's exact he exactly yeah he was like we were in the car i remember the day actually funny enough i remember the actual day and the conversation i was like i don't want to do that he's like you don't have to go just for you to be a, in a band or be a big shop musician just go so if you at a party or something there's a piano you can do a little thing like you at least know how to do it right and my father himself he's a musician right he in his younger days back in the day he was in liquid ice he was a guitarist mm. one of the earlier bands in dominica so he kind of, you know, wanted to pass that on to me, right? In hindsight, I figured that out, you know? Okay. And so I, went, so I went to piano lessons, right? I did maybe three months of it. And long and behold, I made some friends down the street from me in Goodwill who were starting a band. So who knows how to pay, play piano and know how to... I started fiddling in Fruity Loops at the time. So I started making beats and stuff. So okay. now I know a little something, something to not join a band. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the inception of how... I got involved in music, right? That was that band went on to become Cross Vibes. Yes, I remember. I remember Cross Vibes. Right. So I started with them, and then I eventually went into play. I went into sing first because I started rapping and making beats. So I was like, okay, cool. But then we got a guy who could actually sing. And then I was like, so, so you can't sing, right? I wasn't that. I wasn't that sharp. My my skills weren't on point at that at that time, right? Okay. Still young. I was maybe in fourth form. Okay. Four, four, fifth form at the time, right? And then I was like, okay, I'll play the keyboard. Then we got someone who was way more proficient than me on keyboard, who actually knew. So I'm like, okay, what's left? We had a drummer, we have a bass man. I'll just take my father guitar from under his bed. And then I just learned to play that. Okay. Right? So, so, so he, how, many, how many instruments do you know how to play now? Um, Piano and keyboard. Uh, piano and guitar, mainly. Okay. And, like, I can fiddle with the bass because, like, very close to, very the, close to the, guitar. the guitar. Yeah. But like mainly guitar. I have my guitar here, my keyboard here. That's like main things I play with. Okay. Now, now as a young boy, what did you want to be? So you know, like a lot of us say, "Oh, I want to be a pilot. I want to be a lawyer." I wanted to be an architect. Be an architect. Be an architect. That's what I thought. For because I like to draw. That was just it. I like to draw. That was my. That was my logic. I was like, oh, I like to draw. Architects draw like big plans. I'll become an architect. And I'm studying science. Oh, I'll become an architect. I didn't become an architect, right? I'm like, furthest thing from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then after that, when I started doing music, someone was like, Daniel, you want to be a, a musician, man? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> right? Like, it was just like, it wasn't in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'll become an architect. If all fails, I'll just be a lawyer. And that's sort of what drove me to end up with sociology and criminology on my degree. Okay, because you were like, um, plan B. Plan B, I'll be a lawyer. <laughs> okay, we're getting some interactions from a few of our, our guests um, who are nice. locked in. Cameron Valerie says, hey, guys, big up on the show. So he is locked in. And we also want to um, have Cynthia Gold is locked in. And also uh, Denise um, Ogis is also locked in. I know she says she's missing me. I know. I miss you too, darling. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to remind uh, those of you viewing, if you'd like to at any time during the show, you can ask your questions. And of course, Daniel will answer um, as much as he can um, during the show on and off. Um, so I will indicate, you know, um, the questions and he will, he will go ahead and, and answer them. Um, and continuing with the interview, I, I really want to know um, who inspires you? Everybody, everybody. <clears throat> I look at everybody. I look at anybody who is doing something. So I looked at the people around me at university first, right? Let's say, or like say the people around me who are inspired by music. So I want to do music. That interests me. The people around me in my schools who are like really passionate about studies and activism and about political opinion and social issues that inspires me those are people who like go on and do well friends of mine who start businesses right uh the family members of mine who are very uh entrepreneurial like you know like i have a cousin briz fit he has like his instagram page and he's like straight up into fitness in miami i, have, I follow him as well you see him yeah him and his sister Right, he and his sister, right? And we were all on the swimming team together, right? Yo, she's um, like a boss. Like I I always comment on her on her um, right? on her thing. I always like go <laughs> goals. I'm telling you, goals. I, I man, also like all of my other friends who like I have a lot of friends who I went like grew up with who are all like blooming and they're all like becoming things. Like big up to my friend Sahai, she just became a doctor, a PhD. Right? Yeah, yeah right? Sahai. Very well. Right. She's He's very close with the Jarrell. Great, yeah. Um, just like the people around me, what inspires me? Just like art, like music inspired me a lot. Just uh, looking at, because I was so into music, man. Like I studied music heavily, like uh, like hip hop, especially. So I look at guys like Dr. Dre, right? Especially, biggest musical influence. And the way he took his music straight and like he turned himself into like a business mogul. Right. And so just like looking at the steps, you know, just paying attention to the steps and like the way he moves, you know, it's like things that like I took from like, you know, um, you know, just like looking and reading and just like seeing who's doing what. So you're you the know? type of person you just sit back and you observe people and you see what's working, what um, was working for them. And you say, hmm, probably I could try that. Probably I could do that. Yes, basically. And then books, lots of lots of books. Like I actually read more than I think people uh, would know. Like I have like a, a suitcase of books that I left behind in Canada that I let my uncle hold on to me. I have another big shelf of books here that I just like gather, you know. Mm -hmm. And so like big fan of people like Paulo Coelho. Fan of, like I like to read Stephen King books. I like to read 
all sorts of other crime novels. I just read um, Chasing the Scream by, what was his name? So um, he was an Amnesty International like journalist. Chasing the Scream, it was a thing about the war on drugs and okay. addiction. And, addiction. Okay. and that, was a really, that was a very insightful book, right? Because uh, from the Caribbean and like my environment, the big topic was marijuana legalizing, um, de- at least decriminalizing it. So like I was very interested in that and it was very part of music. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm reading into this guy called Jordan Peterson. He's like this uh, clinical psychologist from Toronto. He's a professor at U of T. And so like he has like a very lot of interesting things about the individual, like how the individual can find meaning in life, right? And how the best way to be like a decent person, like the name of his book is 12 Rules for Life. Okay. Right? And it's not like, it's not like I've read a few self-help books before, but like that one is like very directed at an individual and like takes very small steps. It gives you, it prescribes very small doable things that anybody can adapt to find meaning and success in their life. Do you like hardcover books or do you just, you have Kindle or you just download? Hardcover, hardcover. You're old school. Cover, yeah. I need to like, have it physically in my book, in my hand. Oh, in my I, hand. I am, a, I'm a, I am so yeah. like, like, put it on a screen for me and I'll flip screen. through it. I, yeah. I am. When I had my iPad, I would just like have it on my iPad and like scroll for it, but like, that's like a total of my eyes. I just like the hard cover. Just, I'd be like an old man with my spectacles with my big book, like doing really? the same thing. That really? Me. I, I, you know, I have an issue with like, like paper. <laughs> paper and I, we have like. Paper? Like yeah, <laughs> like I can. I I had to do uh, something recently where they asked me to write on paper, mm. and I was like scrambling down the entire house looking for paper. <laughs> I, was like, I couldn't find paper yeah. anywhere I, because I'm like, Look, uh, I can reach for paper right now. I have paper right here everywhere. I like paper. <laughs> I am not a fan of paper. Like any anytime any I sign up for anything and they say, do you want to go paperless? I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I want to go paperless. You sure, know, sure. I am like it's less my, to carry. It's lighter. It's lighter. Just no my, paper. It's lighter. If my entire life could be paperless, I would probably mm-hmm. do that. But there's certain things that you have no choice but to have paper. Um, so I just not everyone going to have bad handwriting. No one will know how to handwrite I things. I know, like I know, because everybody absolutely just loves to put everything on a tablet or mm. on a computer or, or on on a or their phone, their their notes on their phone. Now, Danielle, I want to know. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your life okay. today, or who Daniel is today, okay. um, where you are now in life, and how did you decide? To just get up one morning, pack your bags, your suitcase, your briefcase, and head to South Korea. And why South Korea specifically? All right. Do you want like the real raw answer, or do you want the raw answer? Nice... I want. I want the raw answer. I do not want the 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 finished the answer. Okay. Finished on my college project management. I was working two jobs. I wasn't feeling it. I was trying to work on the music. I wasn't inspired. I needed, I was just itching. I was just itching for something, right? Whether it's like more money, more experiences, just more, right? It was like, I was just in Toronto. You know, in Toronto, it's just a hustle. When you live in Toronto, you hustle. If you're not hustling. Or jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You work in, you have like two full-time jobs and a couple side hustles. That's Toronto, right? That's literally Toronto. Yeah, you got to keep up. 
you have to keep up. And I think I was just getting, I was tired. I was getting exhausted, right, in Canada. And I was trying to do music, and then, like, there was a bunch of projects I was trying to fund. I was trying to fund quite a couple, a couple of projects to, like, do it right. Because at that point, I had put out some music, but I wanted the quality to be better, right? How do I need to make the quality better? I needed to invest more. So the way teaching abroad came about was actually two years before I went. I had just graduated, and I was giving my mom a tour of my university. She came for the graduation. And we were touring, and we saw a flyer on the wall was like T-Salt, get certified to teach abroad, earn money, pay off your loans, do this and that. Remember those loans we talked about? Yep, yep. And so, and so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So like immediately after I graduated, I got certified within a week, right? And so I was like, all right, push come to shove, I'm going to go abroad. And then during that orientation, they were like, people go to Japan, they go to China, they go to Korea. For first timers, Korea is always the best bet because you get the best deals. Right. When you say the so, best deals, what do you mean? Um, best salaries, best overall benefits package, and all of that. Right. It was just the best in Korea. You make a lot more profit going to Korea. Right. Okay. For the first time, Japan, you would need more experience. China, I wasn't ready to go to China yet. Right. I was like, I was like, I want to go to Japan, but most people go to Korea. Best deals. So that's how I got the idea, but I wasn't ready to do that yet because I was still in Toronto. I, I was going to Toronto, going back to Toronto from Ottawa, and then I was like grinding. I was going back to school and doing this and that. Then it got to that point. I was like, you know what? I'm going to Korea. That's it. I'm going to Korea. I was just like tired. I wanted to go and do something. I needed some cash. I needed to travel. That was really just the root of it. I just wanted to get out. Um, so I was like, all right, send up my resume. I got, did a couple of Skype interviews, bam, just like that. I went to Korea. They sent me all the information. I got a visa. I'm like, okay, this is real. I'm going, I'm going. I'm like, how did, your, how did your mom feel about that? I don't think she liked it. <laughs> I think she, you know, she is frightened, right? Like, so, because it's like, I had never been so far away. I don't think she had been so far away from, from, like, from me, right? Before it was just like a five hour flight, right? From, Toronto to like Barbados and then Dominica. But now here I am going to the other side of the world, literally, right? So it was just a brand new experience, right? Like the shock of it, I think. And then, but nonetheless supportive. Nonetheless, she was very supportive, right? Um, I had went back to Dominica before going to Korea. So it was like Canada, Dominica, one last run. Bye-bye. Don't right, cry, yeah. I'm going. Okay. You know, it was like, well, I think that was me saying bye to Dominica in a way, because I'm like, I don't know when next I will see you, but what's up? I'm heading out, right? And then I just went to Korea, right? Was- on the on the flight there, I was just like, boy, what am I doing? I'm probably going to get scammed. They're going to kidnap me. Something going to happen. Like, that was... <laughs> I get to the airport. The person who was supposed to meet me wasn't there. Oh, my God. I'm like, okay, I don't know. Brand new language, everything. I knew nothing about Korea. I knew nothing. All I knew was Gangnam Style and Kim Jong-un. That was all I knew. (laughs) That was all. I knew nothing about Korea. I tried. I downloaded all these things. I'm like, I'm going to learn the language on the plane. I just slept and watched movies. And then... I got there. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. All right. And then the person wasn't there. It was like maybe half an hour still. I'm like, oh, oh boy. So 
I scrambled, got some Wi-Fi. I uh, Skyped with my recruiter, right, who was online, amen, got in touch with the person who picked me up, and then they got me, and I was just like, all right, cool. All right, everything's normal again. How long it took you to learn the language? Um, about... It was always like off and on. Like I, I've been there about three years, two years, two years to like be comfortable using it in like conversation. So like now it's been three years, and so like I'm fairly proficient. So I left my last job, and now I'm at a new job where they speak zero English. Basically, there's zero English at my new job, whereas before everybody spoke English. Okay. So that was that transition wasn't so difficult for working because everyone was proficient in English. I worked with like maybe 25 other foreign teachers from like England, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, USA, Canada, right? And now I'm just in a I'm the only foreigner where I work now. Oh wow. And so wow. my co-teacher, his English is good, but it's not like at the same standard as it was at my last job, right? So I use a lot more Korean. Where I'm so even my other teachers, they're not English teachers, they don't speak English, they teach other things. Okay. Um when I see them around, it's just like you know, like just like what does that mean? What oh, it means how oh like hello, nice to meet you. How have you been? You know, like that sort of thing, you know. 